Well, hello there. Fancy seeing you here. It's the VLGA Connect Governance Update and Stephen Cooper, fancy seeing you here too. Hello. Hi, Chris. Welcome and thank you. Thanks. For that. How was your Easter? Oh, it was fabulous. Thank you. It was very quiet. It was uh, safe, uh, peaceful. What about you? Good time to stay off the road. Uh, my ter- was terrific, Chris. Um, probably the highlight of the low light was when I was sitting in a lovely coffee shop and heard a couple of familiar names and realised that um, perhaps the councillor that was talking about some other members of council personnel um, probably could have been a bit more discreet. Oh, really? Oh, okay. do tell. Perhaps you can tell me more off air. Yeah, I don't think I'll be telling you any more than that, Chris. That's an an interesting segue, though, Steve, into the first topic I wanted to introduce today. Um, You know, things are getting so complex around when and where you say things uh, that might get you into trouble. And I'm thinking about this case against a Kingston councillor that's uh, apparently in the courts who is um, apparently being um, taken to task for comments that other people have made on this person's Facebook page. Have I got that right in summary? I'm not quite sure of the detail, Chris, and this is all alleged and potentially before the court, and maybe we can talk at a broader level. But as I understand, a property developer is... um, is instigating some action in regard to some comments on a on a um, a local community Facebook page, but I think Chris, we do know that, and you can look at this at a range of levels. That legally, um, people have been taken to task for social media activity, even at a level of liking a particular comment. And that might particularly apply, for example, to council staff who might like something, although they don't comment generally, and. Um, even that act might get them into a bit of grief. Indeed. So it, it really is becoming uh, very complex. You over, overlay Twitter, um, which is where I would more expect this sort of stuff to be happening. In fact, there's, a, there's uh, some examples happening in the federal sphere at the moment, aren't there? Well, yeah. I mean, this is in the same week, Chris, where apparently media reports are that a federal minister has uh, sent some legal missives to certain Twitter users regarding particular comments um, that have been made on that forum. So, again, there is um, some some posts that people don't like and a legal response. And there's a whole history there in terms of um, cases both in Australia and overseas where people have made commentary that, is, that has affected the rights of others and um, and have borne the consequences. So it's not that it's um, just an echo chamber with no consequences in the wider world. Yes, some, something to really keep in mind. And uh, you've reminded me of a case that goes back a few years now where perhaps not um, uh, an example of denigrating anyone in particular personally, but going a bit far with attempted humour that has caused a broader uh, offence. Uh, yeah, thanks, Chris. I think anyone who's sort of um, wanting to check their social media activity would be wise to Google the name Justine Sacco, S-A-C-C-O, who in 2015 was taking a flight from um, the US to South Africa, a, an 11-hour flight. And um, Justine was a PR manager, so well-versed in in the world of communication, but prone to um, edgy kind of Twitter comment or social media comment and to her 170 Twitter 
followers tweeted, going to Africa, hope I don't get AIDS, just kidding, I'm white. Which yeah. at one level uh, would be seen as quite racist. On another level could be seen as a backhanded commentary about um, health inequality, for example. Either um, way, not very funny, though. I wouldn't have thought. Uh, no, <laughs> although I'm not sure that being funny is a prerequisite for posting on social media, Chris. No, um, but I'm sure that was her intent. Yes. Oh, definitely, mm. definitely. But um, tweeted to her 170 followers at the end of the 11-hour flight was the number one trending tweet in the world, and there were people at the airport taking her photo as she got off the plane. By the time she got off the plane, she'd lost a job. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I'm not sure about you, um, Chris, but I would say multiple times a week I am tempted to comment on Twitter, key something in and then just say, nah, and, and delete. And um, I find that quite therapeutic. I'm the same, Steve. I, I'm too frightened to say anything. <laughs> no, oh, it's, you it's, governance types. <laughs> indeed. So what's the, what's the lesson here for, for councillors or council officers uh, in terms of interacting with these public forums? We're all caught by, I mean, it's at a number of levels, Chris. So we start with, we start with the Kingston example and there are potentially legal implications and it's useful to start there. There's also um, conduct implications for both councillors and officers, that there are limits within which one will play. And, for example, some councils will have gone to more detail than others, either in codes of conduct or having social media policies. Um, and I think being really clear-eyed too, for councillors in particular, as to more generally in social media use, they are still caught by the standards of conduct. So, for example, that that first couple of sentences in in standard number one that talks about treating people with respect um, ought filter through every element of social media use. Um, and then there's, I think, a lot of councils having adopted a code of conduct over the next 12 months will be diving back in and looking at what the social media policy says. For most council staff, there will, there will already be a social media policy and they need to be alert to the fact that you don't take your hat off. And there's a number of cases where people's social media use that might be inappropriate has been tied back to their employment and that's suffered as a consequence. So those um, thinking through that is very important. But I just think more, more broadly, Chris, um, in an ethical dimension, what ought one to do? One ought to treat people with respect and one ought not post anything that's going to be harmful or hurt others. That's a good start. Here, here, Steve, and I think the days are long gone when you can actually use this concept of wearing different hats to separate your individual identity from the role that you, you hold. Those days are long gone. Uh, look, and to Chris, and I don't want to sound too sanctimonious on this topic either because we're all human we've all got emotions we get um we get emotionally invested in particular issues um so we're all prone to sort of um yeah i guess moments of weakness in this space the other issue uh, it, it's sort of tied uh tied in with this steve is the the the, the notion of cancel culture it's certainly a big thing in the States. I reported on the podcast this week, the Local Government News Roundup podcast, twice weekly, available from your preferred podcast provider, um, about uh, the city of Charlottesville in Virginia has won a Supreme Court case 
um, which now allows it to remove two statues, one of Robert E. Lee, one of Stonewall Jackson, um, because they believe both of those identities stand for things uh, and celebrate things that are no longer acceptable in today's mm. society. Some people have tried to stop that from happening, ultimately unsuccessful in court. When I was reading that, I was thinking we're sort of lucky we haven't had this arrive in Australia yet. But, of course, on reflection and in talking to you before we come up, we, we have, haven't we? Absolutely. There's a uh, statue of Captain Cook in Hyde Park, I think, in Sydney that's uh, where there has been a similar debate. Now, I mean, at a simple level, I suppose, Chris, the, the argument is um, where that piece of art or memorial or whatever ref reflects someone whose activities might have been a bit unsavoury, should that be removed or should um, there be an addition that, that explains the whole story, if you like? Um, and you can look at that in terms of, I'm just running off the top of my head, um, Margaret Cordarina, uh, questions around place names of, you know, creeks um, in rural Victoria that would be really offensive to Aboriginal people. Um, and there's a case that, uh, that you and I are aware of uh, with a former employer where a street was named after a much-loved member of a religious institution who it turns out had been engaging in child abuse subsequently, which caused, you know, a strong local debate in that community. Indeed. And there's a town, is there not, that uh, some people are pushing for a name change in New South Wales? Actually, thanks for getting back, Chris, to one of the things that started this conversation. So there's um, something going on at the moment in Boydtown, New South Wales. Benjamin Boyd was a well-known whaler around the, you know, the southern southern coastal area of, of New South Wales. Uh, but it turns out he was also a blackbirder. So was engaged in um, shipping slaves to for use at, on plantations in Melanesia. And there's a, there is a call uh, for the name of that town to be changed because, um, because maybe that shouldn't be memorialised. And uh, the other reason that I was thinking about uh, whether council culture had really taken hold here or not, and of course it has uh, on reflection, was the whole Hey Hey at Saturday Kamal thing, which has played out in the last week or so as well. Um, and, uh, you know, I watched the Gogglebox discussion. Um, yes, I'm sorry, I do watch Gogglebox about, you know, but some really insightful comments about how back then watching a show like Hey Hey at Saturday, it was fun, it was family entertainment, nobody thought anything of it. You watch it now and you're embarrassed. Oh, yeah, I just found watching it to be very embarrassing, Chris. I did then what I thought was best, but as I know better, I'll be better. Not my words, Maya Angelou. Um, very good. <laughs> thank you. I think, though, Chris, to bring it back, like remembering if we're talking about governance, it's about what's our role um, as either the elected or giving advice to uh, a public institution in managing these. And I think, you know, for me, when we started talking earlier about um, uh, place naming, but the same would apply to curating art, art exhibitions, um, consulting, making sure that the steps that the council takes uh, reflect community attitudes uh, rather than jumping at a particular way, either for or against. You know, I think it's a good reminder, for example, with councils to be looking at place naming policies. How do we actually um, respond to these issues? Because um, ultimately, um, I think with issues 
um, around naming, for example, and memorialising. We're also dealing with people who might be quite triggered by um, the issues that occur. And one of the biggest harms that we can do is just politicising it. Um, having a well-founded policy where people have some clarity about how the council will deal with, say, naming issues, will deal with, say, memorials that might be um, might now be offensive. I think it's really important for councils to go through that step because, you know, once you're in the once you're in the issue and the maelstrom of all the politics, it you know it's a bit late. Well said, Stephen. Thank you for bringing it back to the local government <laughs> angle, which is of course uh, why we're here. Uh, before I let you go, uh, I know nominations have closed for the Hard Awards. The uh, the hard work now to try and separate what I'm hearing on the grapevine are a pretty stellar batch of nominations. Oh, Chris, I'd like to talk about talk about it a bit more, but I'm absolutely sworn to secrecy. But I did get the opportunity this week to see the nominations that have come in. The, Jan the judging panel is being convened between uh, Reconciliation Victoria and the Victorian Local Governance Governance Association. Who we at the VLJ are thrilled uh, to participate. It's one of the highlights of our year. The Heart Awards helping achieve reconciliation together. Um, but the nominations from uh, both councils and other organisations um, in this space this year are absolutely terrific. And we'll really, as a process, the Heart Awards continue to inform uh, the actions that councils and schools and community groups can take in terms of their reconciliation action plans. Really important stuff. Looking forward to hearing more about those, Steve. It sounds very exciting. What else have you got on for your next week or so? Much to do? There's always something to do, Chris, but we're, um, in fact, off to um, a live uh, workshop uh, in Mildura for the day uh, next week, which will uh, take up the week. And I think I'll then spend the rest of the week just catching up. All right. Always good to hear your thoughts on those topics in the news and behind the news, Steve. Uh, have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Chris. Absolute pleasure. You too. Steve Cooper with us for the governance update from VLGA Connect. And thank you for joining us. We'll see you again soon. Mm -hmm.